Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome. Happy New Year, or happy right before New Year, whenever you're listening to this. I'm Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com. Hope you're having a really happy holiday season. I am. It's beautiful. It's not too cold. None of that white shit falling out of the sky that I really hate. Spent a lot of great time with my family and some friends and had some really good times so far. Now, this, I guess, is the last podcast of the year, even though it's probably most of you aren't going to listen to it till after the new year. I'm recording this on December 31st in the afternoon. Uh, listen, last week, Joe and I did a top for 2014 television moments episode. And I wanted to get a lot of other people involved. And we had a sort of family party here. And and I made members of my family come on in and uh, friends that were here and record and tell me what their favorite moments of television were for 2014. The problem arose that my family, we can't just answer simple questions. We need to do these three-hour... I mean, you guys listen to my show. We need to do these three-hour explanations of, of why we think the things that we're thinking. So what ultimately was going to be a couple five-second blurbs here and there turned into something a little bit bigger. That, like, several little conversations that myself and members of my family were having, and occasionally a few other people popped in in and out here and there to to give their two cents. Started off with me just talking to one person and then it proceeding to full-on family discussion about The Sopranos versus Breaking Bad. So that, that's all very exciting stuff. So instead of editing sections and adding this to the 2014 show, which was already a two-hour packed show, I figured one last special gift from me to you guys on this holiday season and let you listen to all of this pretty much unedited and kind of how it was. But I'm going to be here too. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going, I, as the disembodied voice of the issues program, are going to be here with you while we listen to this stuff. And I hope you can learn a little bit. Hope we can learn a little bit along the way because... That's what we want to do. We want to learn. Sure. And you'll see as some of this progressively gets more, uh, people get a little bit more comfortable as we go on. It's a couple of these people I literally just brought right into the room and said, hey, welcome. Oh, you guys came? Happy holidays. Why don't you follow me right now? And I'm going to stick a microphone in your face. So you can see some of the people. It starts off a little bit, a little bit uh, slower. And then we get into a full on discussion. Now, the first first thing we're going to listen to here, parts of this you may have heard on last week's episode. The first part we're going to listen to today, this is our co-host or one of our contributors here at the Issues Program. He was a huge part of the Breaking Bad recaps and a huge part of Issues Program Prime, if we threat to call it something else. Uh, and he's going to be joining us for a little bit. We talk about it at the end. A little show coming up this year called Better Call Saul. So ladies and gentlemen, it is the return of Gotti. I, you know, I really got into Parks and Recreation. Oh, interesting. Interesting, funny show. And so, um, the, that was the, oh, it was the season finale. And um, it looks like they're doing one of those time jump things. Ooh. And I'm thinking this might work. 
Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So the jump isn't until January when they actually start airing the episodes. But it, it you know, I think, I think it, it, it might work. It, they're only airing 13 more episodes, and I think they might be, you know, interesting to watch. Look out for it. So are you going to join us occasionally for some, uh, you know, Better Call Saul coming up here for oh, some recaps? Absolutely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Show. Yeah, it should be interesting. I, I'm glad that they're not just doing the prequel, that they're deciding to kind of do it as a... As a um, sort of simultaneous. Simultaneous. It, I just not hope... Not simultaneous, but the, whatever the word. My biggest thing is, with a show like this, is... Is Saul Goodman the character? It's going to be important how many other characters and main characters that carry it through. Because, because as much as I love him, I don't know if I could, if he could be a driving force in a show alone. I don't know if he's Frasier to uh, right to to, to Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's cheers. Cheers. And I, you know, I don't know if he can carry a show alone. But with enough, of, he doesn't need much of a supporting cast. It's true. You know, if he had one good, you know, even just um, Mike. Yeah, which which we've seen in the preview. I don't know if you how much you've seen in the preview. There there is a uh, there is a preview with Mike. Okay. Yeah, we might I might have to punch that up when we're when we're done here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, that was Gotti talking a little bit about sh- a show he's really appreciated, really loved this year, Parks and Rec, and also a bit about Better Call Saul and our excitement for it leading up. Now, I am excited about Better Call Saul. As I said there, I'm a little afraid that I hope the show relies more on characters around him and has him and have him being a central hub rather than too much just Saul Goodman. As much as I love the character, I don't want to get burned out by it and I want to uh I want to enjoy more of the Breaking Bad universe, which is it's interesting that they're doing this because Breaking Bad doesn't always come off as the type of universe that needs expanding. Whereas some other universes may. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's certain things I've always wanted to know about the Breaking Bad universe, a little bit more about Gus Fring's empire. And because we've seen Mike in the previews, perhaps Gus, in some speaking of how Gus built up a little bit more, is going to be spoken about. So it is going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to get Gotti back on the post-episode issues here and get a little three-way action going with me, him, and Joe. It might get dirty, but it's going to get fun. Now, next up here is someone very special. It's my Auntie Ellen, my godmother. Now, she's someone who's been supportive of the show since the very beginning, calling in and taking part, even since the old Salem State Show, uh, the radio program. She would call in, and what was great about her as well is even though we're not her ideal demographic, she listens to most of the shows, she comments, she takes part in the action, and she tries to get a lot of her friends who are also of her similar demographic that probably wouldn't necessarily love the show, tries to try to get them into it. And I really appreciate that. Every, li- every single listener or every single viewer that we can bring in here, I, I would hug you all if I could, if I wasn't afraid of people and didn't like body contact. But, it, but if I did, <laughs> if I liked all those things, I would hug you all. As long as you took showers and don't smell too Hi, bad. Hi, Philip. How are you? I'm doing good. So what was your favorite moment of 2014? Here's my idea. It really wasn't, it wasn't my favorite, but it was my biggest shock. What's that? Bill Cosby. That, that really uh, shocked you? It really you? bothered me. Did you stop eating Jell-O pudding? <laughs> yes, I did. W- would, you, would, would, you, would you stop eating Jell-O? Did Bill Cosby try to give you a drink at any point in time in your life? No, not mine. Good. But I'm glad. I talked that... to my sons, 
and they thought he was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the Cosby Show. I was a big Did fan. Do you remember when they, he talked to them when they were 40s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe you're, you're lucky he didn't uh, lucky go didn't after go, them. You're lucky he didn't go that way. I'm lucky Craig didn't have long hair at the time. That's correct. It could have been a bad situation. So that was your probably your most memorable moment My, of... Uh, yes. Yes. A very sad moment. Yes. I oh. feel sad for all those people who get um, royalties and now they can't... Honestly, that's the th on, to be to be quite everything aside. That's the thing I feel the most bad for is Felicia Rashard, all the other Cosby kids that don't really have careers. They take it and just cut him out. Yeah, they could. They they did it with George Lucas. Did it with Star Wars movies. That was my auntie Ellen talking about Bill Cosby. Now, without getting too far into it, because I don't want to get too down that road, but it has been a it was a crazy situation. I can understand someone, especially from that came through that's not it's a little older a little past a certain age that knows all of Bill Cosby's history of being this icon of good and I say good in that weird way because jello pudding is really good and to see the fall of him like this can't, must be I, I can't necessarily think of another thing exactly like this that's taken such a quote unquote and I say it because you can't see me quote unquote squeaky clean guy and show you his real stripes. The biggest thing I can think about it is Rainbow Randolph from better from uh, the Smoochie movie, the Danny DeVito Smoochie movie. When you, you think he's this like great guy, but really he's taking he's taking money. He's uh, making cookies, turning cookies into penises and things like that. Whatever. Well, I don't like I said. I don't want to talk too much about Bill. Mr. Cosby, but as I said in there, I am a big fan of The Cosby Show, and aside from anything else that has to do with people and human things that are way more important than television or anything like that, you gotta feel bad for for a lot of the co people that worked with Bill Cosby and get money for residuals, because all of Cosby Show productions, as we mentioned in that, all got pulled off the shelf. Anything he was working on or has worked on will not be shown. There'll be no Ghost Dad. If you were an extra in Ghost Dad and you were excited that it was going to be on during the holiday season so you could show your Aunt Louise your big part in Ghost Dad, you're not getting that anymore. You're done. And from just an entertainment standpoint, I feel bad for those people because they're going to turn into the dregs of society because they worked with Bill Cosby and they're the, the also-rans. No one's going to talk about Tempest Bledsoe anymore. Not like we were before, but there was a period of time where we talked about Temp Tempest Bledsoe. And every time the Cosby Show would be on, you'd be like, oh, wasn't that, oh, wasn't that Vanessa Huxtable such a card? That doesn't happen anymore. And it's not going to happen anymore. It's done. It's over. Those days are shut. And I'm kind of upset about that. Speaking of the days that are over, the way people watch television is way different these days. And everyone has their own sort of path, I'd say, to the entertainment factor of TV. There are some people that don't, that they cut the cord, so to speak, and they only watch shows via Netflix and uh, the other video streaming services. I did that for a while, actually, for a couple of years, and it's how I got into streaming initially. It's before streaming was a big deal, and you had to search out the links and find them and steal them and all that sort of fun stuff. Well, my cousin Craig, he's always been someone that definitely loves television, loves entertainment, loves movies. A musician himself, as he's been on the show many times, playing the guitar and talking about in our music trivia champion. That hopefully we will have a rematch between him and Alan at some point coming up this year. I just have to figure out the logistics of it. But he's not someone that watches TV week to week. 
And also, a lot of the shows he watched that came out this year were way earlier in the year. So it's, it was a little difficult when I pressed him with this question to offer me up too much information. But we do get into some interesting things with him later on uh, when talking about the Breaking Bad and the Sopranos and everything like that. But here's a little bit we have with Craig talking about uh, his television watching experience and what he really remembers from uh, television. Orange is New Black is good. I, I, you know something? It's been so long, I can't even remember. Yeah. Like, I gotta rewatch the second... Is it the second season that was the last one? Yeah, I think I it was the last the season. One. Okay. It was the second I gotta season. rewatch the second one. It's been a while. Yeah, And I have such a short-term memory. We could talk about short-term memory you loss. Do, you do. I think short-term memory loss <laughs> in relation to TV shows. It's difficult, yeah. So Hi, I'm, Mom. Hi, Craig. She, she was on the air. She, she, her, oh. her biggest moment was Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can talk about Bill Cosby. Yeah. You know? You saw him. In, you saw him in stand up recently. He tried to. He tried to give you a drink. That was at a party. I did. Right? Yeah, and um, I'm thinking about um, making a uh, special, a Christmas special, where um, you know, if someone's at a party and they go around, they spike everybody's eggnog and try to have sex with them, and it's called. And and you know who's gonna star in it? Who's that? Bing Cosby. Oh yeah. Bing Cosby. It's gonna be you know, a dark Christmas. Your mother had actually a really good point about how the people I feel the mo- the worst for. Or all the people that worked on the Cosby show that, like, can't get the show, oh, yeah. that lose money on residuals now. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that's true. Like, poor, poor Keisha Knight pulled them. Yeah, like, what, what, what are they going to, who cares? But, like, that's the <laughs> point. That's, that's the point. At least Theo's showing yeah. up on Sons of Anarchy and The Walking Dead. Yeah, like, I just rewatched like, all of the Louis. Mm. See, I'm, I'm a binge watcher, and then I don't watch TV. Like, mm. I don't, I'm not a steady up to the minute. Uh, you know what I mean? By the time it's, by the time it's um, past... But that's that's no, that's an important thing because you're somebody that you definitely don't tune into television on a weekly basis. All your television watches it, it probably years after it happened. Get yeah. uh, then watching the whole series as a whole, right? Right. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of a newfangled way of watching it. You watch it at your own at your own peril. Yeah, I watch it like a a few long. Oh, one hundred and twenty-three. Nice, kicking butt. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Craig. Oh yeah. Talking a little bit about Bill Cosby, a little bit about a funny uh, idea he has. He's a great idea, Smith. And a little bit about his change in uh, in the way he watches television programs. And also, I thought it was interesting that he pointed out Rudy Huxtable instead of uh, Vanessa Huxtable for the one you really need to feel bad for. <laughs> and also, I'd like to add that I apologize for uh, for the sound of me eating a little bit in some of these interview sections. Uh as I said, we were at a family party. There were very few plain bagels there, and I needed to make sure I manipulated the plain bagel. So I grabbed the plain bagel, put a piece of cheese on top of it, and I grabbed that thing and ran in the other room to the dirty look and dismay of someone else who was going after that last plain bagel. And then I heard the cries of little kids, where's the plain bagel? And I'm eating it gleefully in the other room, like, <laughs> screw these little bastards. <laughs> So that was Craig talking a little bit about his television watching experience this year. Uh, we, we get Craig again, as I mentioned before, a little bit later on. This next person was someone that I have to say I was very proud of on the podcast. She did excellent. Uh, not that I did not think she was going to do well. She's someone that doesn't have a lot of uh, podcasting experience, but like me and most of the other members of my family, she has a lot of talking experience and a lot of having be, be, being very opinionated experience. And I was really excited to get her on here to talk a little bit about some of her TV interests 
And uh, this is in two parts. We get into the first part where she talks about her TV love, and then we get a little bit into her telling me about a new show that's coming out. So here is my cousin, Emily. What are your favorite television moments of 2014? Like, what things that happened this year would you consider, like, your favorite of the best moments? I told you. I, I, I told like you it'd like be easy. Some more time to prepare for this. No, no. I want to get your. Like I, I want to get your immediate reaction. There's no preparing and <laughs> podcasting, Emily. Well, I think like I mean, for me, being obsessed with you know Shonda Rhimes shows, so Scandal. Okay. I honestly, I was surprised by How to Get Away with Murder, but liking it more than I like Scandal. No, I have a question about the whole Scandal thing. I've been hungry ever since. Ever since the end of, really, ever since the end of the OC, in the new 90210, because I got into it, I, in Gossip Girl and, and things like that, I've been hungry for new teen drama, hungry, crazy, backstabby, teenage uh -huh. type stuff. Is Scandal something I might enjoy? Not really. Scandal's, I think, more adult than that. Okay. Because it's, you know, it takes place in Washington, D.C. There's a lot of politician-type drama. Yeah. So it's it's not, it definitely doesn't fit into that same category. See, I like my melodrama more high school-based with guys with sideburns that go, yeah, Yeah, well. that's definitely not the right show for you. Yeah, guys. I need, like, the OC to come back. Yeah, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything really right now that's There isn't. The last one was Stephanie and I kind of watched The Carrie Diaries a little bit because she loves Sex and the City, and it had its episodes that weren't horribly trashy, but most of it was horrible trash. One of the shows that I've heard that's good for that teen-type drama is Pretty Little Liars mm. on I've never gotten into it because part of the fact that it's on ABC Family kind of... You know, between <laughs> between you and me, I kind of like Pretty Little Liars, though. It's, it seems I like... A, I've been thinking about giving it a try. It I mean, literally. Been. I mean, I literally like Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> I would, don't tell don't tell anybody. But uh, that's between you and I. Yeah, that's between you. I mean, exactly. This is this is this is this is golden here. Okay, so so you would say those kind of shows. How about any um, reality shows? Like I know you watch like the Sing Off and and such like that. Any any moments? Any standout people that you kind of? Because I think the biggest thing with those shows are there's people that are really awesome in the moment while you're watching the show, and then there's the people you remember years to come. Say what you want about about uh, Taylor, what's his name, uh, the white-haired guy from American Idol, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I remember him, though. Now you I can't remember his last name either, but I know who you're talking about. Right, I know but him, but like I don't can't remember who won the last three years or something. Is there anything reality-wise that happened this year? That... I don't watch as much as I used to. The mm -hmm. only reality show I really keep up with is So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. I just I love the artistic. I just can't deal with that lead judge guy, the uh, Nigel. Nigel. He just bothers me. Sometimes he's a little much, um, but I think like I think the back and forth that he has between him and Mary yeah. that I can't remember. The, the one that's even worth the hyperbole of the oh my god. See, I can relate to that because no. I have that's no, you're, you're, me you're, you're, when I get excited. Hey, I'm a, and, and I and, and I'm stuff. not. It's, so it's, she 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 puts out my excitement out there for okay. me. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, Emily, thank you for uh, sharing some of your moments. I know you're not used to having microphones stuck in your face. But, no, I am definitely not. But I, fi fun. I figured the best way to do it is just to do this. Before you even settle in, do this. And, um, and, and anyways, thank you very much. All right, thank you. Huge thank you to Emily uh, talking about some of her favorite shows and educating me a little bit on some, uh, some scandal and things like that and talking about So You Think You Could Dance. Emily talks a little bit there about getting excited, overly excited. Oh my gosh, hyperbole. Ah! Yeah, I know nothing about that, Emily. I'm not like that at all. We don't share any genetic similarities in any way, shape, or form. So Emily also decided to uh, bring this up pretty much right after we shut off the microphone at that point. So we, I turned it right back on to tell me about the possibility of a new show that's coming up. So uh, let's listen to this. 
American Crime Story. No, what's American Crime Story? Well, the guy that made um, American Horror Story. Oh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Murphy. Ryan Murphy, yep. Glee, you know, mm. I know you know who he is. Nip He's talk. making a, a new miniseries series of American Crime Story, starting with the O.J. Simpson trial. Okay, so they're going to be recreations of real uh, events. If, if the O.J. Simpson one goes well, apparently, this is what I've read. I don't remember where I read it. It started with a joke on SNL's Weekend Update last week. So OJ Simpson is being played by Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, I think I've heard this. OJ is yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. Show me, show me the money, baby. And then yeah. Yesterday I, I saw a headline. It was like David Schwimmer to play a Kardashian. What? So David Schwimmer's playing Robert Kardashian, one of the attorneys during who's, the trial. Who's gonna play Kato Kalin? Peter thinks that Kato Kalin is going to be playing. Kato I, that Kalen. would that would make the most sense. It really <laughs> would make the, the most joke. sense. That was the joke. That was the joke. I said to Peter, I said, "Is this real?" It's the best acting gig, either him or, or Corey Feldman. Put put a put a blonde wig on Corey Feldman. Kato Kalin should play himself. So I, I haven't heard any more casting except for um, I can't remember I, her name, but she's been in American. Awesome. She's the one that plays the two-headed person in the Freak Show. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking she's about. She's playing Gloria. Or no, um, are you are you a I freak just, show? You're American no, Horror Story fan? I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't really do that. Like, but. It's too bad Leslie Nielsen's not still alive because it'd be funny if he was just in it playing somebody. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. It, it would be great. This would be a, a great time for Leslie Nielsen to still be alive and yeah. kicking. The casting sounds like it's gonna be. For, I, I mean, I'm just gonna definitely tune in for this because it's just so far. Just just to see Cuba Gooding Jr. playing O.J. Simpson. In it's a about time. What I really like is a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the former movie stars have mo found their way back to being successful on television. That's true. It, it, you know, anything, you know, it's possible, I guess, these days. It is. Everything old is new again. No, I, I will, I'll definitely watch it. I'll be more interested in watching that than American Horror Story just because it's more my type of thing. Yeah, I'm not a horror person. And I dig Ryan Murphy. I, I was a big Nip Tuck fan. And I know you have had your share of liking Glee. Oh, I love Glee from beginning to end. I've, I've given I, up. I, I cannot end. I must, must finish Glee. Must. I did catch an episode here there last season, but it just wasn't enough to keep me in. Finn, D Finn Dime was a big, big blow. So, so that's Emily telling me about a very exciting new TV series. Uh, that's something I'm going to be very interested in watching. I tend to enjoy, for the most part, at least the beginnings of Ryan Murphy series. And I think he gets a little lost along the way at times. Uh, gets a little too convoluted. It happened in Nip Tuck. Uh, Glee definitely morphed into something it shouldn't have morphed into and then morphed back a few more five times. But it's going to be interesting. I was excited to have Emily Emily there telling me about this show and telling me about lots of other things. You can hear Craig a little bit in the background there and uh, mentioning the Cato Kalen thing, which connects to my cousin Pete, who had the same thought. Pete and I share a brain sometimes. It's, it's, very, it's very funny about what our opinions of things are. I'd also like to touch in that about uh, something I mentioned about it seems like a lot of the old movie stars from the 80s and early 90s and sometimes in the 70s are coming to television and are having hit TV series. Uh, even the early 2000s, you look at someone like Kevin Spacey with coming on television for House of Cards or uh, even way back when someone like Gary Sinise who had some film success coming in and then being very successful on television. It, it happens a lot these days. I picked two random ones, but there are many examples of it. And it, it happens more since this resurgence of, of uh, television or this renaissance of television becoming this great art form. It seems like a lot more people are finding their way from movies into TV. One of those people is Ron Perlman from Sons of Anarchy. And here we speak with another person 
my our good friend of the show, Nikki, about her thoughts on the end of Sons of Anarchy. Nikki and I have had many a discussion, many a time where we've been in unique locations where she can just talk and talk and talk about Sons of Anarchy and about shows she likes. Nikki is someone that we do hope to get on the show a lot more. Uh, she gets to see if she can get... Uh, uh, she, she's Craig's girlfriend and Craig and her just, they have a place and they're going to try to set up somewhere over there where they can both get on the show on occasion online so we can get them more involved in the podcast. Cause I really love talking to Nikki about TV and I love just having Craig on the podcast. So it'd be great to have them be a part of things some more and, and everyone that was on the show. Uh, I, I mean, I'll talk a little bit more about this end, but thank you so much to my, all my family. And even the ones that weren't there that allowed us to make some jokes about you. Uh, I appreciate you guys all coming on the mic and talking. I know it's not always everyone's thing, but it really means a lot to me when anyone takes the time to be on the show, even for a few seconds. So everybody, here is Nikki talking a little bit about her thoughts of Sons of Anarchy and TV today. I kind of push her in that direction, and I think we might get a little bit into The Walking Dead as well. Here we go. So Nikki... Uh, I've been talking about favorite television moments of 2014. So, uh -huh. so uh, and, I, and I know there's there's two big ones that we could talk about. I mean, there's there's many Walking Dead things that happen. But, oh that, yeah, definitely. We could we could talk about the Walking Dead. We could. Uh, but we well, could. I don't want to go. I don't want to talk about talk. Okay. Dead. Okay. But. But so all in all, having it all been done, would you say that your favorite television moment of the year was just the culmination, the finish of Sons of Anarchy? I I would have to say it was the whole season. It couldn't really be one episode, really, because everything, all the storylines, everything really came together in season seven. Yeah. So it's not like one episode was really better than the other. The way everything played out, I can say I guess I'm not really happy with, but I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm, was, I don't really see it ending any other way. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Did you basically get what you expected to happen at the end of the series? I think so, yeah. Yeah, you, you, were, you were satisfied with the de death of Jax. Now, to me, my, I'm, I'm almost more mesmerized and moved by the Jax finding out that Gemma killed Tara moment and the ultimate death of Gemma. To me, those moments almost were the the closure, the emotional well, connection mean, of the series. Well, I that's really what you were waiting for the whole entire season. Yeah. Coming back into season seven, the only thing you can think about is, okay, when is Jax going to find out? How is he going to find out? And what's going to happen? Now, the real question I want to ask you is, emotionally, out of all the deaths on Sons of Anarchy, is Opie still the biggest one for you? Um, I would have to say Opie and Tara's equally. Yeah. I mean, when, when Opie died, I was... I was standing up in front of the television in tears. Yeah. When Tara died, I was in complete and utter denial. I mean, to the point where Gemma's stabbing her, and I'm like, oh, she might still be okay, and come out of the sink and punch Gemma in the face. Yeah. Even to the point where I was talking to my mother before the finale. Did you think she was going to turn into a zombie? And, and I'm like, well, maybe she's in, like, she faked her death, and she's in witness relocation, and she's going to come back, and her jacks are going to run off with the boys, and <laughs> everything's going to be, like, happy in the sunset. Now, did you, did the Jesus symbolism at the end of Sons of Anarchy bother you? Did that dissuade it all from your... Not at all. Not at all. Not at all, no. Now, what did you think, who do you think the, the homeless woman was? Do you think the homeless woman was the angel of death? I don't necessarily think she was specifically Miss Mayhem? Not Miss Mayhem. I think she was more of, like, 
maybe a guardian angel hmm. slash angel of death type of thing. Interesting. Because you get the feeling that she's kind of this overlying presence. And yes, like going back to the beginning and seeing when she comes into the story, she always comes into the story right around the time when someone else died. Do you think she's real? I think she's real to the people who see her. Okay. Okay. So she, you think, so in a way, maybe she is like the angel of death in the sense that she, when she sees, when she, when someone sees her, it means. And I thought about that too, especially with the episode where Gemma is at the truck stop with Milo and yep. both of them see her, but then Milo ends up being the one to. Did, did you hear the, the whole concept of part of that is the ultimate, uh, Gemma's last big ultimate fuck you. By the way, Craig, that mic's live if you want to jump in at any point. Uh, that oh yeah, he will. Yeah, that uh, Milo ultimately, because of Gemma stopping and talking him and fucking yes. up his schedule, that's well exactly the time that it took for him to go out of his way and do all of that was really exactly. But in the long run, Jax's demise would have it would have happened regardless. It was just like a oh look who it ends up being. Did it bother you at all that what finally got Jax was a situation that he would get away with? If the music was a little bit different in a different scene, a sense of anarchy, like like let me say, if if the music was a little bit funnier, if there was a little jazz montage, Jacks probably would have been. Better. I think the moment when he looks back and smiles, he gets that. You know, I could get out of this if I really wanted to. Moment. Um, partly, I think it was partly like you know, I got all these guys, and yeah. I'm just they're never gonna get me. It was kind of like a ha ha. Um, Did you like that it was Chickless, that it was Milo that ended up killing him? With, or was that a cool symmetry for I you? Th- yeah, I, yeah, I liked it. The, the show or... itself is... Hit or miss. Is, yeah. an, is an all right show. Yeah. You know, the writing it's is not sometimes high it's yeah. great, sometimes it's, it's okay. It's trashy, yeah. But the, you, the bond that you get with these characters is something I've never experienced before. No, I hear you. you know, it's I, the closest assimilation I can have is what you see over there with Deep Space Nine for those characters for my personal reasons in The Sopranos. I feel like they're the two other things that de- develop the characters and as many of them to, to, to this extent. And, and yeah, I mean, we could talk about Sons of Anarchy and we will talk about it more, but quickly before I let you go and enjoy the rest of the Hanukkah cookies. Excuse me. Walking Dead. The two highlight moments for me this year in Walking Dead were one, Rick Grimes, the whole Terminus thing. Oh, yeah. And the way that oh, all ended. Yeah. With the that t- was great. That was great. I found, like, the rest of the season, I felt like Beth's death didn't quite have the same intensity for me because I feel like this season hit a peak earlier in the season. It's going to be really fun to see where it, to where it goes. Oh, definitely. And have you also heard The Walking Dead, uh, the, uh, the, the spinoff series, has been announced that it's in L.A.? Yeah, that's I what... haven't heard anything about that, and I've been wondering a lot about Morgan and how he's gonna tie into the show and if I, the spinoff is. I gonna don't think he's gonna involve him. I don't think he's gonna be a part of the spinoff. I think he's gonna be a part of the regular show, but the LA thing is gonna be something completely different. So that was Nikki talking to us a little bit about Sons of Anarchy and a little bit about the future of The Walking Dead and The Walking Dead spinoff. Yes, a lot more information since we recorded this has come out about The Walking Dead spinoff. As I mentioned in there, it is going to be set in Los Angeles. We've got a lot of the stars of it so far, too. You can find all that information with simple Google searches. I'm not going to hold your hand, guys. If you want to Google search something, you can do it on your own. You don't need your buddy old issues guy to help you. Whoa, did I just talk about myself? Oh, God, I did.
oh no, should I record this over because I did that or keep this in for me screwing up because you might want to hear this. I don't know. It's a lot more like an old issues program. So I think I'll, I think I'll leave it like this. So next up is someone I have been trying to get on the show for a long time. I mean, ever since, ever since my, uh, the Salem state days, ever since the radio station days, I've been trying to get this guy in here because at family gatherings, there's no person that more do I go off with and ignore people for several hours than my cousin Pete. Now, Pete and I, as I mentioned earlier in the show, on occasion can share a brain. We don't necessarily agree about everything, but we can just snap into uh, going back and forth about things. And we tend to talk, or for years we talk more about sports, but it's interesting to say that that we'd still talk about sports. In fact, I believe there's there'll be some oddly stuff that's going to make no sense if you listen to this years later about talking about the Rondo trade and and, uh, and Celtics stuff. I don't know if I'm even going to include the sports stuff in here. Uh, We would talk about sports, but that sort of manipulated, transformed itself into us talking a lot more about TV. I mean, we always did, but we talk a lot more about television now. So we got my cousin Pete on the podcast. I was excited to have him. It was a good good introduction to him. He comes in. I stare him down, make him step up to the microphone. We had a great time. It, and this is when things eventually start getting a little bit more free form. Uh, we have all the microphones. Everyone starts kind of taking part in what we're talking about until we get into sports. And then they all ignore us. So, <laughs> so I mean, I might release the sports thing as a separate uh, five-minute uh, podcast of Phil and Pete's thoughts on the Rondo trade. <laughs> release it years later see how stupid we were so here we go guys here's a little bit of myself and my cousin pete and a few other people poking their head in but you've heard pretty much everyone's voice that's part of the show uh so far right now so you'll recognize some of the voices so here we go guys also forgot to mention this is when we start getting into the whole breaking bad and versus the sopranos and we start talking about different endings and we get i mentioned a lot of people start getting involved here so this is uh, this is probably one of my favorite sections of of the evening when we get into a bigger discussion here. Something that Craig, Pete, and I have done a lot, and and Gotti have done a lot in other family gatherings. Getting into this specific discussion that I want to explore a lot more here in Issues Program. Uh, so, what did you think of the Sons of Anarchy final? Uh, I liked it, but it was wasn't the best of my. Favorite shows finales. I'd still put it behind a break. Okay, we're or we're, we're breaking it. Okay. Oh, whoa, 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 okay. So you think it's you think it's better? Bad number one. You okay? Bro, uh, oh, oh. This was so bad. I didn't even. Everything is said. So you think it's better than the Sopranos? Ending. I did. I got no, I think it's last... worse than Sopranos. No, I, I put that. Sopranos and Breaking Bad ahead of. SOA, but I, put SOA I love you. I love you, but I think you're off base here because I think. What I think if if Chase had not pussied out and actually had Tony die in the end, I think the Soprano ending would have been better. I think I think the problem I have with this ending was very formulaic. The Jesus stuff kind of bothered me a lot. Yeah, the Jesus symbolism. The white too overbearing. It was trying to. It wasn't subtle. Now from this year, like sports or everything. What were your favorite like TV moments of 2014? Like, if what things pop up, pop out to mind. It can be... It's weird. The first thing that pops up is kind of outside the box. No, me, let's, let's hear it. Like, one, 
Air, interesting. I've heard a lot of good things about air. You yeah. think, I'm worried a little bit of the CW-ness on it. That stinks a little bit of CW. It, it still stinks to CW. Yeah, it's okay. got that melodramatic moments where you know someone looks off into the oh. distance and they go to a commercial Start, break. That mic's live too, Gotti. Step up, right. step, grab it up, grab it up, Gotti. Step, step on in. But, but it CWs me a little bit. It, it, it's still, yeah. You know, everybody's a little bit too pretty and. You know, there is definitely those moments that it feels like you're watching a CW show as opposed to a comic book show. CW had no right to get its hands on the Tomorrow People, and they made a big, stupid CW mess out of it, and I hate them, and I hope they die. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. It is. It is. That's that's pretty good. I I think that was pretty accurate. (laughs) My problem with the CW is is it cancels shows that I like. New 90210, sorry. I I had to say it, but whatever. They ruined... The new, one was, I, I liked the new Melrose Place. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But anyways, let's get back. Let's get back to this. So, so Arrow was probably your, for you, your show of the year. Yeah, because well, not. I haven't watched actually any of the new season that's come back in the fall yet. Mm-hmm. I've been falling behind in my DVR. But at least the second half of season two was just every episode just tied into you know it just gained on each other. Yeah. Can't think of what the word I want to say. But. Uh, each episode progressed kind of yes. to like a good, to yeah. a good, good. One of my favorite uh, uh, moments of the TV year was during one of the award shows with Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul and Julie Louise Dreyfus. They did like a Pawn Stars skit oh, or something. Oh, that was great. I remember skit that. Or something I like can't that. remember which one it was on, but I remember seeing And Prince that. on Saturday Night Live was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Whenever Prince decides to do things like that, it's, it's, it's really, really neat. Uh, I mean, you haven't watched any Walking Dead this year, have you? No, I gave. I watched the first episode when they came back last year, the one that was just Michonne, Rick, and Carl. Okay. That, and that was enough to finally get. Just me because start. I want to get Craig involved in this conversation, let's let's just get brassed down to the, the real question that really matters here. Not top whatever of this year, top whatever of that year. Superior show, Breaking Bad or The Sopranos? Gotti, you go. If I if I omit parts of the end of the Sopranos, it's the Sopranos. But but I I get so stuck up on that final season and then the, the fade to black ending that that I would have to say Breaking Bad. But now from an interesting perspective, hard. I need to ask you, what are your opinions without getting too too you know I don't I t- not exactly what you really really think. What are your opinions of the whole Johnny Cakes thing? Does that dissuade from the end of of surprise, do you find that a little like um, for a little forced in there? A little. Yeah, I didn't need Johnny Cakes. It, it was. It was. Um. First of all, did you know that they were homosexuals? I've never heard of that. It's true. It's I've, true. I've never heard of such a thing. What is I, that? It's a. It's. A, I recognize it from my own experience. Okay. <laughs> a ho- um, homo meaning man, sexual, sexual. A man that is sexual. Exactly. A homosexual. They're, they're sexual. It has something to do with the pancakes. So, <laughs> so you feel like break, the way Breaking Bad closed up, it was so tight, it's kind of hard to look past that for the Sopranos arc, which kind of ended on just a zip. Because Breaking Bad really ended strong. Breaking Bad ended very, very strong. So if you had to just quick, quickly for... for I'll, I'll, say, I'll say Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. Pete. Favorite show, Sopranos. Better show, Breaking Bad. Okay, favorite show because of the characters? I, yeah, I just enjoy watching Sopranos more. Oh, but yeah. Breaking Bad as a narrative from second one to last second of the show was 
much more tighter and had a, more of a point to it and knew what it wanted to do. Where Sopranos was just a TV show that they wrote as they went along. And We've it, talked it, about... It's that difference between... It's that kind of whole lost argument that they always make. Did they know what the destination was going to be on Sopranos? No, but was it worth it? Of the, course. The, the thing that gets interesting with the whole Sopranos thing, and Gotti actually and I have talked about this before in a podcast, it's interesting to think about what the Sopranos ending would have been if Livia didn't die. Yes. And if the final shot of the Sopranos was was him killing Livia, and that's how it all ended. Yeah. Oh, it would be a completely different thing, but it's just, you know, at the beginning of season three, the narrative changes to a show about a mafia boss with mummy issues. To, and then by the end it becomes, just, let, let's show you how bad these people are. They're not good human beings. They exactly. Right. Craig, Craig, what do you, how about you? What, who do you think? Which um, show is your baby? I have to say that, like, Breaking Bad's a better show, but when you go back now, now that it's been a while, and and I feel I feel more an urge to watch The Sopranos and reruns, mm-hmm. um, because you know, as Pete was saying, because of the loose plotline, you can kind of hop in any episode. Like Breaking Bad, I, if I watch it, I'm going all the way to back to the beginning, yeah. and I'm watching it in sequence every time. Yeah. It's that type of show. So is that does that make it a a war show because I want to watch it less. No, it's more like it's a better show. It's like a fine whiskey or something you, you savor, or you know what I mean, something good you savor. A, like a good pancake. A good. It's like a good pancake. <laughs> it's like. It always comes back to the pancake. I, I was like, you know, it's like fine Peruvian. A good homosexual pancake. Like fine Peruvian flake, you know. I, no, I'd say you I'd say that some... once in a while, or you're gonna get addicted. Craig, I think I think you're treading on something really important. The fact that breaking and that might be a tie. That might be a a cap in the Sopranos uh, category is the fact that the Sopranos you can more watch I- individual episodes and yeah, still I get a good pop feel. Yeah, pop in on any episode and, and be Where, oh this is cool and yeah. know what's you going know, like, on. Right, with Breaking like, Bad, you know oh what you know like Uncle Junior just tripped in the shower and said sisters come I'll say that quietly because yeah. I know we got kids going on. You yeah. Got, yeah, even though it, there is you know there's narrative arcs going on, there's also each, each story, I mean, each individual episode still has a, a um, you know, a, a story within it. You know, it has both part of the narrative arc and, and the individual story plot or storyline. So you can, you can sort of enjoy it either long term or just a couple of episodes. Now, Pete, for char- characters, who has the more memorable characters? Okay, let's let's just cut it down. Who's a more memorable, engaging, powerful, amazing character? Who who do you remember more when it comes down to it? And and try to get away from the mo- prisoner of the moment for a second. Is it Walter White or Tony Soprano? This is Uncle really Junior. the crux, it, crux of Tony the argument. Soprano. He's Uncle just Junior. The, <laughs> Uncle Junior. As the lead characters, Tony's just so, Tony's more engaging. Yeah, and part of it's just the way the characters are written. Tony's a powerful guy who's confident from the first episode so he's never kind of made second who shows more who scenes. shows more growth definitely walter walter yeah okay but, and let's get to the second half of this jesse pinkman or christopher maltasante Oh my god, I they need to, to make a play. show with the two of them. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, buddy. No. I, we just came up a buddy cop show. Even Maltasante. Yeah. yeah. If, if <laughs> you're, pick, you're asking me to pick between my imaginary children now. <laughs> 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 why, why don't you ask me between like pizza or pasta for the rest of my life? Yeah. You know, the bl- blow jobs. Uh, edit something dirty in here. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> but I, I think in the long run, I'd have to go with 
Chris, actually, because better... Chris was the one on Sopranos that he wasn't the main character, but like we just said, Tony didn't have a character growth during the show, so Chris was the character that do you know what you get invested in. Do you know what Tony's more... character growth was? Was his uh, waist size. Yeah. That was his character <laughs> How growth. Heavy How heavy he was. But you know, then you can have another category of like, what's the best show when you consider it hasn't ended in the longevity of the show? Yep. South Park. I, I wonder how's it all gonna end. But, 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 Is South Park gonna blow up? Well, it's kind of it's weird how this season actually all the episodes tied in with each they other. They did all tie in. And if it does blow up, can't they just unblow it up? It's I guess the I guess the thing with the Sopranos though is is uh, and then the other the other argument would be Skyler versus Carmela and Carmela wins a thousand times. Oh, Car Carmela has a thousand. I think the characters on the Sopranos are more generally engaging. But I think, again, as Gotti mentioned right from the beginning, the story structure from beginning to end of Breaking Bad is so darn tight. It's, t it's tough to argue with that. I'm not a Skyler hater. I am. But you had to pick, like, you know... The weakest link? She was a great actress. She just was a detestable character. So is, so is Carmela. But I think Carmela is more memorable. Carmela wins. Carmela never got involved in the criminal side. Right, and I think Skylar isn't isn't that unbreaking bad. I think you could you in a weird way you could do without Skylar and just have him have have him be a single dad and have it just be him and and Walt Jr. dealing with everything. One place where Sopranos is clearly stronger, I think, is the villainous side in a way. I Richie Aprile. You think that's strong stronger than Gus or Mike? Other than Gus Mike Mike I like but Mike Tuco See, Tuco, I think, Tuco clearly would fall behind all the Sopranos Tuco, villains. Tuco, really a, Tuco belongs in a season of Weeds. Yeah. You know, Tuco, yeah, Tuco, is, Tuco, exactly. is, a, Tuco yeah. is a Weeds villain. Tuco is a Weeds character. It was before they really knew the tone of the show they wanted, I feel like. What's his name? Kevin Nealon accidentally kills him by backing up his truck. Yeah, something like that. That That's that's very appropriate. But just as a whole, the supporting character is just a deeper bench on Sopranos. You know, you pull out, just to, you know... Johnny Cakes wasn't the ideal thing for them to do, but no, he, was, he was the guy who really got his foot so shot at by Chris in season one. Do you think they have a better chance of, of opening up a restaurant called Johnny Cakes or Poyos Hermanos? I, there is Poyos Hermanos. Are there? Yeah, I think so. I think they're. Sure I think they're. I think they've been. What about Johnny opened. Cakes? I'm sure someone's made a recipe I bet like. Well, Johnny I bet there's a diner in your name somewhere called Johnny Cakes. Well, Johnny Cakes is an archaic type of. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny makes his pancakes. Johnny the cakes. So I think all in all, the the thing that we can argue about what was better and what worked and what was more important. But I think the thing we can all agree on is. Those are pretty much the top two, right? Is is there anything that can be? I know Pete probably is biting his face with the wire over there, but yeah, the wire and personally the shield. The shield. The shield is the only show that's like Breaking Bad where I feel like. So so was, so to go back to Sons of Anarchy, are you are you happy that ultimately uh, Van Mackey kills uh, Jax Teller? Does that make you happy in some sick way? Just as I decide to go watch the show. I get the. I get the Sorry. I get the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, Gotti. 
No, see Nick, see Nikki's hands grip. That's that's the death of Jax Teller right there. I cannot expect a spoiler. Environment no, the, the issue, the issues program is not a spoiler-friendly area. Well, that's a very fun discussion to have, and something I wish to have a lot more here on the issues program. It'd be great to get the whole group that we were discussing that back together and have a more sit-down discussion about the Sopranos Breaking Bad thing, and maybe bring a couple other shows into it as well of what we think are the best shows of all time. Joe and I had a really good time on our top. 10 moments of 2014. It might be cool to do a couple more of those top list shows and bring some more people in to get their lists as well. It's interesting. It can provoke some interest, some, some fun arguments. So next up, <laughs> Pete and I get into a little bit of sports, and then we it expands into us talking about some of our experiences we had as uh, kids, or him more as a kid and me as a early adult the late teenager guy at at sporting events being very uh P Pete and I go to sporting events and we were loud or we were loud back then <laughs> we'll say that and uh and we get into it a little bit about the Rondo trade if you're listening to this many many years later Rondo was a point guard for the Boston Celtics that helped them win a championship that got traded recently at the point when this podcast was recorded. Uh, we're going to talk about sports for a little while here, so feel free, if this isn't your cup of tea, to skip around this section a little bit. I won't be offended. You can do it. You can skip it. You can skip it. It's about... Let me look. How long is it? It's about... It's, it's about 10 minutes of a discussion of sports here. Some of it's interesting, but like I said, if it's not your thing, I won't be offended if you skip it. But come on, who doesn't want to listen to some sports talk? Okay, Pete. The arguments, the arguments for, the arguments for are, oh, you can't build a team around him because he's not a shooter. Because yada yada yada. That is the biggest pile of hooey I've ever heard in my life because he's the kind of player you need eventually on a championship team. He's yeah. a top one, two, or three distributor in the NBA. How do you not want him as a piece of a championship team? I completely understand that, and I don't like the trade, but the only thing is, is Rondo wanted max money, and he deserves that would handcuff to you if you gave Rondo max money at that point because you don't think... He, he's not a max player, especially okay. in a league what where Stephen Curry is getting four years and $48 million and some of these other guys are getting paid a lot less. What's a max player in this game, though? You know, is, is it all about scoring? Does a max it's player have to... It's not all about scoring, but he, I think... He averages more assists than any other guard in the league. He's, he, I mean, assists than any other guard in the league. He averages more rebounds than any other guard in the league. And on with complementary pieces, he is probably top two or three point guard in the league. I think max players should be top five at his position. You don't I think, think Rondo? Rondo you don't think, think Rondo's top five in his Westbrook, position? Westbrook, Chris Paul, definitely. Yep. Um, who am I missing here? Because I'm definitely missing some good ones. Derrick Rose, if he's healthy. He's 100%. not healthy. Rondo's healthy. He's better. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kyrie's not quite right there now yet. in one leg. Rondo's better than better yeah. than he is. I'm, who am I missing? Wow. You said, you said Kari. You said... Uh, um, I would put Lillard ahead of him. I'd put John Wall ahead of him. The way Mike Conley's playing this year okay. is playing so, great. So, so um, what, but, but, but playing great is not being better than Rondo. 
Yeah, but playing great for a team that's like twenty-one and four and just won back-to-back. But, back but, but I think games against great teams. I think the goal with the Celtics should have been to add pieces. I don't want to compare Rondo to Allen Iverson, but in the same way that Allen Iverson, they built a championship team around him being a. Uh, around with rebounders and other people to be able to handle him shooting the ball like 15,000 times and stuff like that. So, so build a team about Rondo by building, get drafting. I called into the radio station and talked about this and their response to me was, well, if that's the case and you want to give Rondo top money and you think this about Rondo, then why do we draft uh, smart this past year as Rondo's replacement? I said, and my response was, that's why that was a stupid pickup. You yeah, don't pick up somebody. They should have drafted Julius Randle. Regardless of what happened to him in his first game, Julius Randle was the pick there. Not because... to mention, what the bleep do we get back for him? Nothing. Three yeah. horrible picks and uh, three... Who did we get back? Right? Brandon Wright. Oh, whoa, yay. The one that upsets me the most is Jameer Nelson because they were a bad team before, but they were an entertaining bad team. Now Jameer Nelson is heavily involved, so they will be an unentertaining bad team. I'm almost, and that's just as I'm almost upset that we won the championship and made it to another finals. I'm going to say well, it because it filled with Danny Ainge with too much I, I, confidence well, in people, and people think he's like smarter than he was when he just fell into a happenstance of like a bunch of lucky situations. Well, I think part of the problem was too is at the very beginning of the year they had a few moments where they played. Um, Avery, Marcus, and Rondo together. And it was great when all three of them on the floor together. They were all over there playing great defense. They were moving the ball great. You have, you have a Marcus Mark got injured. They stopped running that set. And then you trade Rondo. And it's like, wait, you actually may have had this interesting three-guard lineup that you could have... Look at Phoenix with Isaiah Thomas, um, Bledsoe, and Dragon. We could have easily replicated that with the three guys. It reminds me of that period of time in the Celtics when it was like... Oh, oh, you guys are starting to do good. We got to trade away players because you guys can't get too good. And, and I don't think Kelly's an all-star or Sellinger's an all-star. But both of them have shown a lot of good moments this season. So why don't you keep Rondo and try and pull a signing trade in the offseason at least? If that's all that Rondo is worth now, then how much less were you really going to get in a signing trade as opposed to doing the trade and I just, now? And I just say you keep him for a little while longer and keep letting him play the way he's playing unless you unless you were so afraid of him getting hurt and not being able to do it but you keep playing the way that his his stocks will just keep going up and you're going to get more for him closer to the trade deadline exactly that that's it that's it cuz I, I just no don't fucking let Cuban uh, troll you and and get Rondo and put Rondo into the best situation the only if in this scenario is is the trade happened when it did because they can retrade these guys and Brendan Wright and Jameer Nelson both, you have to imagine someone like Miami, not Miami, um, Cleveland, yeah. or if Chicago, Derrick Rose goes down, maybe they wanted Jameer Nelson. I mean, hell. Maybe we can get a good... I mean, hell. What's that guy, Militovic, that's in um, you can, Chicago? Maybe we can get Militovic. Kobe's been Nelson. squawking about wanting to play with him. Like, LA is not making the playoffs this year. They were asking for two year. first rounders and Steve Nash, I guess, and they didn't want to give up the two first rounders. And we, I hate, I hate Danny Conley.
constantly trying to get these expiring pieces because I think it's been because it worked once. Well, it's not even that. Free agents don't want to sign here. Yeah. We haven't signed a marquee free agent since what? Was Dominique Wilkins a free agent, or did we even trade for him? I can't remember the last time we signed a guy. They're all trades. Everyone I'm thinking yeah, about is so trade. You don't. Who cares if we have cap space? Because people don't sign in Boston if you have cap space. We need to be able to trade for KG, or we need to trade for Ray, or whatever it is. Because, or you just need to draft perfectly. Although if you, I still always say, what if if we kept Gerald Green, Big Al, and all of you, that? You know, you know that's my thing. Because if they kept that team, if they had Al Jefferson and Rondo and Gerald Green now, Kendrick. all at this point, that's why I'm saying that. As much as I love the uh, Kevin Garnett championship that we got, the fact that, that we had all into. those young players and the that all was wide open, for and then you imagine having Rondo anyways. and Jefferson in their prime right now, yeah. you would be the next Karl Malone and John Stockton. And plus, Gerald Green's a very valuable bench player for Phoenix. So Gerald if you Green, him, he could have easily turned into your lead guy that would have. If he had gone to play under Pierce for the next five years and actually yeah. Pierce. School and then you have Pier and then you have Pierce on that team with those guys and you have old man Pierce. Well, the, the biggest problem with that team is too is you had a young team that you wanted to develop and yet one of the veterans on the team during that time was Ricky Davis. Yeah. I love Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis is one of the most entertaining NBA players ever. But you have a young team that you want to make. Isn't Ricky Davis the guy that missed a shot yes. to rebound yes. it so he yes. could get the triple double on his own basket? I actually saw a graphic recently online because they were doing this thing showing the growth of Anthony Davis and somebody edited it to add in like Godzilla and then somebody added in like Megatron and then the last one that somebody added in was Anthony Ricky Davis age 53 <laughs> I actually like that Ricky Davis when uh, Antoine joined that team too and it was like with um, Payton yeah. they won the division title yeah, it was like the let's yeah. jack up the three team oh yeah who could shoot more threes who could jack them up Oh. Although I don't think anything would be worse than that full first full Jim O'Brien year. I think Antoine and Pierce were one and two in the league in three yeah, points. Three point now Jason Jason has to deal with a similar thing that we would had to deal growing up. Being a being growing up in the Boston area, being a no he's not a Raiders fan like we are, he's a Dolphins fan. Ooh. Yeah. That's tough. Isn't it tough? It's tough. It's yeah. tough, tough work. I, I, w I was with you all year. I, I, I mean, I was a big Dan Marino fan, I can't lie. You know, like that, the, the Marino, super duper, Mark Clayton. See, uh, I'm just young enough that I just remember Marino as the whiny old guy. Right, you remember those last few years? Yeah. In the Ricky uh, Williams era and the Jimmy Johnson right, era. Exactly, them. yeah. I remember Marino when he was very unlikable at the end. No, he wasn't at all. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough growing up in this area, especially going to. When you go to your uh, Patriots games and you go to see the Dolphins wearing your, I remember going to Raiders, to Raiders games. Raiders yeah, we were in Raiders shirts and people are like, yeah. people are yelling at us and stuff. I was like six years old and my, yeah. my dad's like, you're heckling a six year old. Yeah, yeah we, we go and they're like, look, you know what they're yelling. Bleepity, bleepity, bleep, bleep. And, we're, we're, and his dad turns around and goes, you guys are heckling six year old. And I remember before we went, Scott being like, guys, I don't think you should wear your Raiders stuff to the football game. And we're like, what are you talking about? Of course we're wearing the Raiders stuff to the game. And then we went there. Uh, we were once, I was talking about this recently too. 
Pete and I once were uh, very, during a playoff game when the Celtics played the 76ers the year they beat them to the playoffs. We, were, we had floor seats like right on the floor and the players could hear us yelling and we were heckling them. And uh, Dikembe Mutombo and Allen Iverson actually commented to us, like looked at us. Like uh, we yelled something very, we're not going to tell you what we yelled, but we yelled something very inappropriate to Dikembe Mutombo. And he, just, and he turns around and goes... <laughs> gives Pete the look and shakes the finger and goes there. And then we yelled something to Alan Iverson, who laughed at us. Alan Iverson turned around and goes... <laughs> I, I remember uh, Kenny Anderson... Kenny, uh, yeah, thinking... Acknowledged us at some acknowledged point, Acknowledged us at some too, yeah. point, too. It was during a timeout when he was coming back to the It was bench. one of those things, like, if you turn the, sport, the sports game on, you could see us on the television, on the two guys standing in the... Uh, St standing like right by uh, right next to Tommy and uh, and Mike. And it was even better because it was all the stuck up rich people around us. Yeah, so and they're just, all giving us these yeah, looks. And the like, two of us, like, can we have a number one bottle of yeah. air, please? I oh. just remember we were sitting in the balcony one time against the heat. Yeah. And we were heckling Pat Riley so bad that we got the people in t sitting in the row in front of us to get up and leave before the game yeah, started. That was awesome. That was one They're of the highlights of that my and That and another thing I won't say right now, what we were saying about Kenny, about uh, Jason Kidd. Yes. And then we got all the looks, and then we started the Jason Can Kidd uh, chants. Th those were always fun. Yes. So, so that was Pete and I talking a little bit about sports and a little bit about the Celtics and a little bit of our, about our history going to sports games together. Then uh, we kind of transitioned to talk more about football. We mentioned Tom Brady. But my cousin Emily just could not, I don't know, it's, she couldn't contain ourselves once the name Tom Brady was brought up. So let's, let's, hear, let's hear what happened there. You think Brady's going to play until he's 50? I wouldn't be surprised. That was the cat. <laughs> sure, Emily. Emily is... Emily is knocking stuff over in Issues Studios. It is a, it is a, this family podcast has turned into mayhem, ladies and gentlemen. I am so glad this isn't visual. It has turned into pandemonium down here. Ladies and gentlemen. Weinstein Arena. Yes, at Issues Program Studios, we are in hell. Do note that Emily flipped out over a discussion about Tom Brady. Yes, she did. That's the thing. Notice that we mentioned Tom Brady and Emily got... She got a little hot and bothered. I thought to myself, yeah. who is being murdered in the background? No, <laughs> it's Emily laughing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, there was a little bit more after that um, that we got into, but I had to edit that out. But there will be a family-only version of some of the information that was cut out. So if you were in that podcast and you remember a couple of things being said that needed to be cut out right there, uh, you'll hear it at some point, and it's very funny. I just, uh, I struggled with it and ultimately decided to keep it out of the podcast to keep everything happy and uh, healthy with everybody. So anyways, next, Emily and I get into, and I believe this is where it closes out, but I'll be back one more time. We get into the ending of How I Met Your Mother. And as any of you who listen to the the top 10 podcast show that Joe and I did, you know this is a big watershed moment for me in 2014. And it was a, probably one of my biggest television disappointments of my life when it really comes down to it. As much, I've talked about it at nauseum, but I'll talk about it again. You're going to hear me talk about it in about a second here. Uh, but ultimately, I need to say that it was a huge disappointment for me. And... 
And I don't know. <laughs> so Emily and I get into it. So listen, let's listen to what we have to say. And Pete chimes in and Gotti chimes in as well. And and as I said, this is probably, I think it's the last big section. So here we go, guys. We are not happy. What are your thoughts of the ending of How I Met Your Mother? Boo. Boo, you hated it? You hated at, it? At least she wasn't a lumberjack. She could have been a lumberjack. That's a Dexter reference. Now, I, what bothered you? Earlier is what brought this up to me. Yep. In my mind, yeah. Jeff. Where Peter Dexter. mentioned about Sopranos as they were like writing the story as they were going. Well, no, there was something they were talking about. Like they, I hate when they say they always knew the ending was going to be this. Mm -hmm. And it was like, so, okay, so let's just stretch out the series for as long as possible and then make the ending. Matter. Do you know what pisses me off is that if that's the case that they knew the ending, which they did because they filmed that stuff with the kids near towards the beginning. Yeah. All those people that said, oh, all the signs are he's in love with Robin the whole time, that everyone, we told those people to shut the bleep up because they were dumb. All of those people ended up being correct. Which pisses well, me which off. Because I was one of the ones telling them well, they were the dumb. Same, it's the same problem that Lost had. They kept saying it wasn't um, purgatory. And it wasn't purgatory, but it was their own form of purgatory. It wasn't that he wanted to... It wasn't purgatory. We, well, Don't give me... I want to battle was, you guys with Lost because I didn't hate the... The ending didn't destroy Lost. Uh, what what it is is Robert Craig wasn't the mother the king, like they said on the Craig is the king of, of hating Lost. Craig... I do. I bow down to Craig. Hold. Before you... Before you... Before hold yourselves. Wait, uh, wait till late night. There's a late night hour happening. Yeah, can you keep getting it. Yeah. Okay, so to lay it out a bunch of different opinions I have on it. One of them is I felt like watching when I first started watching the show, I liked that it was funny, but I also liked that it had it was supposed to have a serious what I felt sort of as a happy ending. Would, with do you want one? I'll have one. And he, I don't feel he got his happy ending with the mom. That's what I thought I was watching for a show. And that's what I wanted for a show. No, I hear you. I, actually, when I first started watching the show, I thought How I Met Your Mother, I didn't realize that you weren't going to meet the mother till the end. I thought going into the show, it was going to be something where he meets her, like, in the second season and starts dating her, and then, you know, marry. Like, it's just like a, that type of story. I didn't realize it was like, this is my life until I met your mother. And, you know, so that part, once I got used to the fact that we're going to meet her till the end. I was no. like, I just don't understand that, that guy's never serious. The show's no. just going to cut off. What do we know about her? How do we know she's the right girl for Ted? Yeah. But then, to spend the whole last season... The, the problem was, she became so likable. She became so likable. Yes, the mother? The mother, yeah. The she became so likable. Well, she was the only likable character the whole last season And it anyways. makes the whole last season seem like a big... Blocker, blocker, a big fart in the wind. It was like a fart in the wind that last season. Okay, let's show the, story, the Sorry, Barney Jason. and Robin love story. The Barney and, and, and Robin love story. And then, oh, okay. I was committed. So 10 minutes later, And that's the thing. I was committed to the Barney in... Me too. I, I, I actually like them together, so I felt majorly gypped off. My yeah, biggest. I like the tease of Barney and Robin. Who was the mother? Was I never watched that. Part. Her name was Tracy, and she was actually. She was in, no, Kristen Milotti. Milotti. She's from Broadway. Oh. She was actually starting. She was just on some uh, sitcom that. She has a love. Like three episodes. She has a lovely singing voice. Lovely singing voice. Yes. Yes. She's pretty. She, her character. Was she looks like she looks like a cross between. Allison and Robin. Yeah. Robin. Yeah. Like the perfect actress, they got the perfect storylines going until they, you know, gave her, you know, cancer or whatever she was ill from. And I don't want to she feel died? she died. died. They killed her at the yes, end. They, they, they kill her. And then a couple years and, later, and then, he, after, and then the, they kill her. Okay. It's like the Sopranos. Got, hey, got it. Here we hey, go. I'm sorry. Best gotta, onion rings in town. I gotta do it. I gotta show it to you. 
You've never seen the last scene of How I Met Your Mother? Oh, it's dreadful. It's, it's, it's horrid. It's so bad. This is Gotti watching the last scene of How I Met Your Mother. This was apparently filmed in the it's the worst. It's like it's. it's oh really? So they knew this was going to be the tell end. It's edited because you can tell that Ted's character. Ted looks like he's wearing junior <laughs> high school. It's uh, horrible. There's no Fair way that makeup. he grew up to be Bob Saget. I mean. And we didn't even get to see Bob Sagan in the last it episode. Been, it would have been great if they just somehow cut to Bob Sagan as Ted or something sure. in the end. Uh, it, that just would have been better. Most of the kids. time when you cut to Bob Sagan. That's how I met your mother. That's it. That's it. No, I don't buy it. That is not the reason you made us listen to this. Yeah, it's right there. Oh, really? And what's the reason? You mean to sit down and listen to the story about how you met Mom? Yet Mom is hardly in the story. No. This is a story about how you're totally in love with Aunt Robin. And you're thinking about asking out, and you want to know if we're okay with it. I can't believe this. I kept this story short and to the point, and you guys still missed it. The point of the story yeah. is that... Is that you totally, totally, totally yeah, have the hot spring. This is going to be louder. No, I don't. Yes, I figured you that do. would work, no problem. You're grounded. Wow, you were really in tan, Rob. You're grounded, too. <laughs> okay. Suppose I were It's just so bad. Like, the way, way the way it switches it's like that, it was obviously in <laughs> And they didn't get the sound right from, like, an edit, just from a technical television standpoint. There was editing going on. Yeah, the, it, doesn't it seem like one of those Weird Al, like weird Al sketches now. where he's talking to a fake standout is better than that? I was just going to say, that would be what, better just, than that. It is. Just call her up well, on the phone and weird Al's ask her out on a date. Yeah, wh yes, whoever edited this is. isn't. That, that's something you guys would want? Yes! And then, and then it goes on. I could, I could show you the rest of it. He, okay. He go, he, but I, I'm, get, I'm so getting, I, I don't know that. No, then he showed that the person should watch that. The blue thing, um, the blue nut trumpet. Really? French horn. He shows up in the blue French horn in our apartment. Yeah, he's from Austin that's become fairly popular the past few years. If only we have a camera on our faces right now. Exactly. I feel like it was a disappointing yeah. end because I actually enjoy the last season of the lead up to Robin and, and Barney's wedding. I feel like if the show had ended just in the kind of the way it should have ended, I would have been a lot happier. That being said, it was one of the biggest moments of 2014. It's 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 so talked about because it's such a polarizing ending, and I guess it's not polarizing because most people hate it. What would what would be polarizing when some people hate it, some people like it, right? Or what would be just yeah if Polarizing is a group over here likes it and a group over here hates it. There were there oh, was a group of people. That Jason, on a side note, uh, Gotti, do you do you speak German? Um, sort of. Gotti is a linguistics. Uh, he got his degrees in linguistics. Jason just started taking German. Oh, cool. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry to interrupt that with some no, import okay. important linguistics education classes. Das war wichtig. Whatever he said. Exactly what he said. No, I, I, and Emily, I feel like I feel like it. I feel slightly gypped by the whole thing because because I was under the impression. Yeah, one. And, and I, I gotta admit, I was emotionally affected by the fact that she dies at the end because I fell in love with her. I fell in love with the idea of of Ted, of Ted becoming the mother. Hi. 
It's funny because he hated the right, glass. Yeah. I think you should have another glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Drink my wine? Yeah. Was it good? Good. Stephanie, step on up here. What are your What did you think of the ending of How I Met Your Mother? God, it's been so many shows since then, I don't even know. What oh. happened again? Oh, yeah. She uh, dies. They, they end up being Robin and uh, Ted, yeah. Ted end up being together. Lame. We all knew that that was going to happen. No, you oh, see it? No, no, we didn't. Boo. Boo. I love you, but boo. I wasn't happy about the scenario because we finally got to meet the mother and they were so perfect together. It was like super depressing. But then we all wanted in some way for Ted and Robin to get together. We all did. I do not, I do not think that her and Barney were good. She, okay. At all. In yeah. fairness, yeah. she was a Robin and Ted in a Bar Bar Robin and Barney hater. She, no, ha I'm not she a Barney. hated I mean, Robin I hate and Barney. I hated Barney because he's a pig, yeah. but I did not like him and Robin together. I thought that they did not have chemistry. I don't think you're like, chemistry. You're like, yeah, he's a pig. I love that. I love that. Yeah. 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 Is that polarizing opposite? Yeah. Because I think that they were more yeah. Jello. Jello. I think they were better. Jello wrestling. Jello wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Ted and Robin ever were. That's all. I tend to agree too. Barney wanted more of the same things out of life than Ted and Robin wanted. And I, that's why I think. Ted just used some other woman to have kids, and then she conveniently passes away, so he can get with a woman. So he can get with a woman that doesn't want kids. Hey, that works. Couldn't have kids. Yes. Yeah. they conveniently added that in. Ding, ding, ding. So, what's your favorite moment of this TV year? Is it Gotham? Has it been Gotham? I'm obsessed with Gotham. I think Gotham is awesome. I love Ryan. I mean, Ryan. What's his name? Ryan. He's always Ryan from the OC. OC. He's looking but I'm sexier than ever. They, they put him in wife beaters on that. They put him in wife beaters on the show. He's looking all OC. When he was in the OC, I mean, come on, he's like he's hot, hot, hot. Um, Sons of Anarchy was good. good. Yeah. That was, I think, it was my favorite season ever of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Nikki's uh, Nikki's uh, nodding in agreement and behind there. Season two is the best. Yeah, you know, he gave up on the whole uh, the accent thing. Right. But, to me, but, it's season know, two or season like four. Yeah, you've given a little goofy accent, but you're acting. Yeah. We, we personally haven't, but that's a, that's something we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about. I mentioned it in passing to you when I first jumped you at the beginning. Okay. Uh, what was your opinion? We're gonna get Gotti as well. What is your opinion of Orange is the New Black this past year? I know it's been a while. Oh, it has been. Craig a while. could probably jump in on that too. Orange yeah. is the New Black. Yeah, I watched that too. That was it's pretty intense. Did you like? Awesome. Did you like? Okay, Orange in the Butt. Just to fill you in, this season had a lot to do with the character of V. Hated her. Hated V. Oh, the yeah. best when part of this season was so satisfying. When V got yeah. Great. When yeah. 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 I read that V is coming back next season. Paraplegic as a paraplegic. I don't. That's, that's, what I, you know, that's what I don't know. Whether it's like. Is she playing Stephen Hawking's in the new movie? Sorry. Too soon. Too soon. Not enough. Not soon. Not, not soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, you and me have a, a podcast to do alone on how I met your mother, by the way. Couldn't you just do more flashbacks, though, to like when No, it was there. It was there. Yeah, it was like, there. Jokes, yeah. jokes that are not yeah. too soon jokes. Like, hey, did you did you hear that one about Tom Hanks? Get it? Because you know he's not dead yet. So, uh, sorry, that's a bad one. Uh, that reminds me of a great moment from 2014 that Gotti and I had. We went and saw. Um, the what? The movie that we saw. Um, the Disney... The one about Mary Poppins. Oh, Mr. Banks. Mr. Banks. Oh. Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. 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 Ye
things. Yes. Good movie. The very end. Eating Mr. Ben. Besides the, the anti-Semitism, that was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty accurate, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus any of Walt Disney's blatant they, anti-Semitism. Oh, no, I mean, it, it, it was... They ignored it, yeah. But they, my point... Like, yeah. they had that but movie. very good movie. No, very, no, very good no, movie. wasn't in that movie and was great in it with Colin Hayes. Oh, my God. He was Colin good. Hayes was so we, good we, we in that movie. We saw Colin not, Hayes' not in that name movie. come across the screen. Colin Hayes was not actually in that movie, but he was really great in it. No. And he, that was, his performance... Did, not which in is that funny because I normally don't Did he play one of the cartoons? He wasn't in the movie. It was a joke between Gotti and I that I decided to bring up We just, But we were so convinced that we had just seen him in the movie. We were like, he was so good. And, you know, really a cover of. Colin Farrell was in the movie. Yeah, playing a drunk. Playing himself. Flights around the world. No, because he died. And I don't think. Is Colin Farrell still alive? Unfortunately. Yeah, he's gonna be a true detective, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's replacing and, um, Tim Yeah, by the new McConaughey and Harrelson. Yeah. You know, I like Friday Night Lights, but for some reason Tim Riggins isn't on the same level. As, I think uh, I think we really I think we really got the I think we really got the B team going in yeah. uh, True Detective watched, this year. I never watched Friday Night Lights, but good, you'd like it, I think. You think I would? Yeah, I have you ever watched it? I've heard good things, but I, I haven't. Was in I liked the it wrong a lot. Frame of mind the first time I tried to watch it, so I didn't like it. But I think that was it. I don't think it, it was it, a show. Peter, it's the most miraculous football team of all time. Yeah, well, give me my high school drama feel yes. too. And the only problem is, is you need to prepare for it's the most amazing football team of all time. They're always down by one score on the final minute, and they always win. <sighs> you know, it's that varsity blues. Where, thing I know where every game was exciting. You. I know you're. Varsity Blues is a great football movie. Just the football. I know you're too young for it, but you might have watched it in repeat somewhere. But did you did you ever watch First and Ten? No. It was. Do you know what I'm talking it's about? Like though? The show that was on HBO. Right? Yeah, it was one of HBO's yeah. early shows with OJ Simpson and. Uh, I, I think I saw like one episode. OJ Simpson again? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Did Emily tell you what my first yes, question was? Yes. By the way? Yeah, it was Kato Kato. <laughs> we, we share the same. Brain. Who is playing? I think scary. that's the most important question yeah. there. But Kato's available, so it's got to be Kato, right? I said that, or Corey Feldman puts on a blonde wig. Ooh. Oh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman oh. needs work. Oh, yeah. wow. He needs I know it. Corey Feldman. He'd be a yeah. great Kato Kato. Kato's made enough money off of being Kato in his life. Yeah, it's time, it's like it's time Corey so makes something. Corey Feldman's yeah. chance to be yeah. Kato. I donate to the Give Corey Feldman Some Work like <laughs> fund somewhere. You know, guy, guy deserves it. Who's, who's eating who's a Cherry Smith Brothers? Uh... Oh, that's me. They're halls. Oh, okay. Forget it then. Forget it then. I don't want your halls. It's actually my oh, last one. Yeah. I thought that they were like the Smith Brothers fucking uh, cherryness yeah, thing. Those are the best. They're not very medicated. No, no, there's nothing. That you have is amazing. Oh, you like the animal playing yeah, the drums? Yeah. 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 Just the like, way that you have them set up in front of a drum kit is just uh, great. You, but do you see who's checking oh, out the music? Yeah. Donald Duck and Antoine hanging out? I love those, yeah, those, are, those, those are my uh, whoever Antoine is. By the way, Phil, speaking of, I had to look it up. The O.J. Simpson, Sarah Paulson is the one playing Marsha Clark. Ah, that ugly. Oh, so the, those are the Marcia only Clark. people that have been cast so far because okay. I had to look it up this week. Marsha Clark was the prosecutor. It's yeah. being yeah. written by uh, the first two episodes will be written by the People versus Larry Flint writers Scott Alexander and Larry 
was actually, I like that movie. I actually just recently watched that. Just to see, just to see it. Awesome it is. His lawyer. What I watched, I rewatched it just because I wanted to see if Courtney Love was still hot to me again after listening to the Billy Corgan interview at Howard Stern. I was hot when she was back in the day, where he starts talking like a fantasy. Yeah, and I and I'm like, what? And I and I like watch the movie again, and I still don't get it. No, I don't either. Yeah, but the, the, there was a very there was a very interesting interview with where Billy Corgan where Billy Corgan was. She actually Billy Corgan kicked her, her out of his house and she went to uh, went over to uh, Kurt Cobain's house. Yeah, I love how Billy Corgan talks about that. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I kicked her out. Yeah, Hot and mess. Then he, and then he's like, okay, so you don't seem like a violent guy. How do you kick her out of your house? He's like, no, well, I kicked I just, her out. I picked just, her up and then kicked her out. Yeah, I just got her out of my house. Like, he's like, she called me on the phone and was like, you want to hang out sometime? And he's like, yeah, I have a girlfriend, but I love to hang out. And he said, then she just shows up like six hours later. I'm at yeah, the airport, pick me airport. up. He's like, I, I, I want out. to hang out. I didn't mean today. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. We get into a lot of territories there. We get a little bit more back into Orange is the New Black. And that conversation goes in a lot of different directions at the end. We get Steph N.E.Z. in there for a couple of seconds, putting her two cents in about Orange is the New Black. So we get a lot of excitement there at the end of the podcast. I like to send a huge thank you to everyone that took part in this show, uh, voluntarily or not. Uh, I really appreciate you guys taking part in the podcast. And uh, I hope you guys, everybody that's listening to this and had a very happy holiday season. I had one of the best in years spending it with my family and friends and loved ones. It was really great. And getting to talk to all you all and all the stuff that you guys have done for me this year makes me really happy. I can't say that enough that your support, the fact that there's actually people out there listening and interacting with myself and Joe and John uh, Riley on his streams and everything he does and interacting with other members of our community. It really helps propel the energy to keep doing this and it makes it all the more fun. We're really going to, uh, my goal is just to be able to talk to as many of you as possible and I like to thank you guys for helping it happen. Uh, so one more time, Happy New Year, whether you listen to this before or after the New Year. Thank you to everyone in my family that took part in this podcast and everyone that's helped to make Issues Program what it is today or whatever we are today. It's all because of you, not because of me. I'm just the silly guy that's ranting on the mic here and, and getting to watch a lot of fun stuff and play some games and talk to you guys about it, and I appreciate all of that. I get very thankful. I get very warm. I'm sitting down. I'm drinking drinking some booze. I'm already drunk on New Year's Eve. It's it's uh, 9 o'clock in the morning when I'm recording this, and I'm drinking some vodka, and, and I'm sipping it out of a mug with just a touch of Coca-Cola in there for caffeine purposes to keep me awake all night. And it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that you guys watch my show. No, I'm, I'm kidding, everybody. I'm not drinking vodka. It's it's too early for vodka. It's a, more of a whiskey type thing. <laughs> so, guys, we'll be back after the new year with way more episode recaps, way more silly issues programs. Like I said, this is probably the first legitimate issues type program I've done in a while where I didn't necessarily have anything prepared and I'm just kind of babbling off the top of my head and it feels good. It's it's like getting – it's like taking off some – I was going to take off some weight. But it's not like taking off weight. It's like taking off a backpack. And I guess the backpack could be full, filled with weight. It's very, very heavy and very, very full. I, you know what I can't do? You know what I'm really, really bad at? Saying goodbye.
So I'm just going to say adieu. Adieu, adieu, adieu to yeah and yeah and yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Music was supposed to play there. Why didn't the music play there? Oh, I'm sorry, Phil. I didn't mean to do that. Miles Edward O'Brien, you're back. Who's with you? Oui, oui, oui. I am the French Hulk. Ah! When I'm down on my luck, I seem to look everywhere. Gotta find my dreams. When you find my extreme, you gotta find a screen. Gotta look for the demon inside my extreme. Look out my window, go. All these skills are rapid on my door. They're in my eyes and in my box. Oh no, why you go when you're less than me? You got to know all people got to say, but they never wanna leave me, never wanna pray. All these people say they combine their energy, they find all these things they go. No, 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 no. When I die, my brain, I try to find my energy. You know, rock the name of God, my focus got to say. Combine energy, combine all history.
out 